I think Bitcoin is a generally safe, making a first step into the cryptocurrency space without diving headfirst. Welcome to the Global from Asia podcast, where the daunting process of running an international business is broken down into straight up actionable advice. And now your host, Michael Michelini. Today's podcast is brought to you by Aurelia Pay. I use them personally for sending money to my Chinese suppliers from Hong Kong. It's a cross-border payment solution between China, Hong Kong, and Southeast Asia. So when I need to make a payment to a Chinese supplier, I just hop online to place the remittance, pay to the Aurelia Pay's Hong Kong-based bank account, and Aurelia Pay will settle RMB within the same business day. So check them out online at www.aureliapay.com, A-U-R-E-L-I-A-P-A-Y.com, or check them out linked in our show notes. ICO FOMO. <laughs> Let's talk about today on Global From Asia, episode 209. I'm feeling some fear of missing out. I keep seeing on my feeds everybody talking about this ICO mania and Bitcoin cryptocurrency mania. So we are doing what we can here and getting some experts on to share and learn. And those that might not know what FOMO is, is fear of missing out. But it's always dangerous sometimes to rush in. So we have with us Alice from Know Your Token. He's an expert in the space and he's researching and helping others understand these various investment opportunities. Also, a little disclosure, there's that whole disclaimer, you know, don't take this as financial or legal advice. Always speak to a specialist. So this is a free podcast to help you guys out and figure out what's been happening with all these people raising millions and millions of dollars on top of cryptocurrency inside of tokens to raise money for projects and startups and do some pretty wild things. I was talking to my friends back in Wall Street. I pinged them. They think this whole thing is a Ponzi scheme was some one of their quotes. They think it's a scam, this stuff. But I think uh, we got to keep our eyes on what's happening and be aware. I think I'm almost two heads down in the Amazon space and in e-commerce and just content creation takes so much time. All these videos and podcasts and blogs we're making here at Global From Asia. So I'm picking my head up here and getting everybody up to speed that's listening about these ICOs. I hope this is a good one. I kind of asked like a person didn't know what was happening. And, you know, Ellis gives us the gives us the information and let's tune in now. Episode 209, we have links and everything as always on globalfromasia.com slash episode 209. Okay, everybody, we're here for another Global From Asia podcast here in Xiongwan, Hong Kong with our friends at Shadow Factory VR Agency and Devin, my friend, connected us today with Alice Jonjas from founder and CEO of Know Your Token. And it's great to have you here, Ellis. Thanks, thanks for being here. Yeah, yeah. Great to be here. I see the word Ellis. I think of, I'm reading the book uh, Atlas Shrugged right now. Okay. And uh, Ellis Wyatt. Okay. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, a, I'm a little behind on my reading. But. <laughs> yeah. He's a cool character, so that's a good thing. Well, I, then I'm, I'm happy for the affiliation. Then. <laughs> <laughs> well, so we're today talking about this hot topic of ICOs, which has been going crazy, insane the last few months and end of 2017. And then we're going to talk about the risks, the opportunities, and then a little bit of Asia and Hong Kong and 
China relevancy in the whole thing. So before we get into it, Ellis, you mind giving a little bit of background about you and your, your business? Sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I founded, um, uh, know your token last year. Um, we're a cryptocurrency and ICO due diligence provider and, um, an ICO advisory firm based here in Hong Kong. And, um, so we look at, uh, basically we look at the backgrounds, uh, involving ICOs. So the background of the, the, the parties that are presenting the ICO, um, that are, that are issuing this new cryptocurrency or this token. And we look at, um, kind of, we try to help uh, investors identify uh, risks that are associated with these these offerings because um, really if you've heard anything about the cryptocurrency space someone has mentioned Bitcoin to you you've heard you've seen the numbers I, people talk a lot about how things are going up things are blowing up all over the place and um, well, there's a lot of money to be made and so there are definitely opportunities but well, we try to help people um, if they're going to participate participate um, intelligently got it yeah yeah. I have this FOMO right now. I, I, you're not alone. <laughs> there are a lot of people with FOMO. Um, I, I bought in. I bought in. I, it's certainly not early in the, in the grand scheme of things, um, but I bought some Bitcoin when it was maybe 1,800 um, US dollars, and um, so compared to what it is now, that's that's quite low. But and I I didn't buy much, and so I, I still have FOMO. Even though I even though I got in, I uh, I, I still wish I'd gotten in with more. <laughs> oh man, I haven't said it on the show, but I bought in at three hundred okay. something in two thousand fourteen. I guess it was uh, after it crashed from a thousand down to like two hundred, bumped up, and uh, I sold out at a thousand. Man, <laughs> oh no, no. <laughs> earlier yeah. like a year ago. That that's why that's why um the mantra of Bitcoin uh, enthusiasts is, is hodl. So you need to hodl your. T- it's just a misspelling of hold. But mm-hmm. it's like yeah, there's you, you need to hodl your t- your 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 Bitcoin and make sure you just don't sell no matter how high it gets because it's going to keep going higher. <laughs> yeah, it seems crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. So so we look we take a lot uh, we take a look at these uh, different cryptocurrencies and um, especially the new projects that are popping up because um, these ICOs, which um, just in case anybody listening doesn't know, uh, stands for initial coin offerings. And um, basically, initial coin offerings are a way for projects to um, raise funds for a project or a company or. Um, whatever whatever the business is trying to do um by issuing these digital uh basically these digital tokens um that can represent a variety of different things sometimes they represent ownership of something sometimes uh you can use a token for um membership in a platform or to get discounts on something so basically they they issue these tokens that um they basically define the value on um, when they are uh, when they're issued and people buy them and they use the funds to kind of um for a variety of things b- building a platform something like that so um it's a it's a pretty new way of raising funds for a project that that doesn't sell equity um they're not selling equity in their company and so uh, it's very attractive to to startups because well the the owners get to raise a lot of money but they also get to maintain ownership of their whole company um so uh it's very appealing on that regard and well generally icos are are relatively unregulated compared to to maybe going for an IPO, for example, uh, there are a lot of. Uh, no matter what jurisdiction you're in, uh, the regulators have something to say about that. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, let's. I'll try to reiterate, maybe in my more basic terms sure. for some of the listeners. So basically, it started out with Bitcoin or cryptocurrency, which is basically online money, kind of. Yeah. Online sure. value holding, 
And now this new level, we've had a few podcasts. I haven't covered it for a while, but we had like Larry way back. Larry Sleeber, I don't know if you know him. But yeah. Yeah, he was on the show in like episode 13 or something. He's a great guy. Yeah. Yeah, talking about uh, cross-border payments with, with Bitcoin. And and uh, we had some others like talking about how to use it in business. We talk, we talk about business. So now it's going to this ICO level. So with the level of ICO, it means basically you can take this digital currency and then invest. Not invest, but buy tokens, right? Right. Which then allow you to have a utility in that type of platform. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, and the platform can vary. Sometimes it's just like an app. For example, if the company makes a, makes an app, they uh, can they can issue these tokens to kind of give you a discount in the app or maybe you use them to redeem for services. There are actually a very wide variety of um, of different uh, different uses for different cryptocurrencies. And I think one of the, one of the most important things you can do when you're considering investing is knowing what, what the heck you're buying. Because yeah. some, uh, each, each ICO has a different, uh, different offering. Sometimes they're offering, you know, A and sometimes they're offering B. And so if you've heard about some great, um, some great cryptocurrency where people bought in at a dollar or something and then it's already at $20 and, and you're like, wow, I want to, I want to get in on that type of a growth. But uh, you gotta. I guess you need to make sure that what you're looking at at buying into in this new project is is similar, or mm. or, or just at least knowing how it's structured. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if we should. How, what's the best way? I think examples, or is do we talk about some specific ones, or should we talk about hmm. like hypothetical? <laughs> I guess. Um, let's see. Maybe some. Hmm, I'm not sure. I guess so, some of the way I've talked about it in the past is kind of going over some of the maybe general risks. Um, sure. And um, the kind of so I, I think the opportunities are are they're definitely there. So so I guess we can talk about that some first because um, the opportunities are there. You you've I, f- I feel like they're all over the news about someone you know someone buying in and everything going up a thousand percent or ten thousand percent or something like that. Um, and, and these definitely happen. You know you can definitely get you can definitely buy into a cryptocurrency and make a million dollars. That's that's possible, but. Uh, the it's not that doesn't happen to everyone you know mm. there, there are also chances where i was i was reading about a ico recently called uh confido uh, uh, yeah they raised something like 270 280 million uh, bleh, thousand two hundred eighty thousand dollars and uh, they just disappeared um oh. so yeah i think they ran off for the caymans or something and people people couldn't couldn't find them and they lost all that money and um so uh they're they're a wide variety of ways that you can kind of get burned by, by doing this. And so kind of making sure you approach it intelligently is, is important. Uh, yeah. So I guess, I guess some examples are good. I think hypotheticals might be easiest. Uh, yeah. It's probably better just because we don't almost want to sway somebody's thinking. And yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, if I think if, if anyone wants to participate there, I, I, I'm always, I'm always a proponent. I just, I want people to be able to, you know, do it, do it in a way that's not gonna, I don't know, leave them crying. <laughs> <laughs> so they first have to have Bitcoin, right? Yeah. Uh, so Bitcoin's like the gateway into ICO and then you can get to Ethereum. Yeah. So, so ge- generally, generally most ICOs, uh, raise money by collecting Bitcoin or collecting Ethereum. So Ethereum is another, uh, it's another cryptocurrency based on a different blockchain than, um, than Bitcoin. Um, and it's also high value. You've probably seen 
articles online about them about it. Um, but it offers it offers a different type of platform, whereas Bitcoin is is primarily for for um, sending value um, from from up from between parties. Um, it, the Ethereum network uh, supports a um, basically a system for um, it enables uh, smart contracts. Um, so basically, you can you can code these contracts to be self fulfilling, and um, people can um, can use these smart contracts for a variety of different uses, um, including business uses that um, often often can cross borders. Um, but but basically, um, these these cryptocurrencies are primarily what are collected in ICOs. Um, so now I have also seen examples of ICOs that are willing to accept fiat currency. So if you can wire them 20,000 US dollars or something they're they're willing to accept that and again that that type of of situation may expose the project to to different types of regulatory risks for example if they are accepting fiat currency from US citizens um they may very well fall under some regulations in the US whereas if they're not open to US citizens different different rules apply based on their jurisdiction based on your jurisdiction if you're based in Hong Kong and you want to participate that's very different than if you're based in China for example where um where these ICOs are are currently banned mm. So that's why getting into a cryptocurrency first and then into the ICO rather than going directly money into an ICO. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I would, I would definitely. I, I think also, also another important thing about getting Bitcoin first or getting Ethereum first is kind of having a, a general basic understanding of what what cryptocurrencies, what they, what what you can do with them and how they work because. If you're not used to basically buying Bitcoin for the first time, you can set up a digital wallet on your phone. You can um, you can kind of go to an ATM or you can go to an exchange and get uh, get Bitcoin sent to your phone, and you can keep track of uh, numbers and volatility. If you're not used to these these types of concepts, it can be maybe a little overwhelming to dive headfirst into a brand new cryptocurrency that was just issued this month. So I, I think Bitcoin is a, is a generally safe, uh, relatively safe way of um, making. A first step into the cryptocurrency space without um, diving headfirst, I guess. Mm. Okay, so so then you get these tokens, right? So the the owner of that startup doesn't actually give you any shares. What is a token? So yeah, uh, so tokens uh, it varies quite a bit. Um, so different projects uh, offer you different things, and actually there are a number of ICO projects that um, that offer you. Well, basically, they say they're going to offer you something, but they haven't actually built anything yet. So many people, uh, many times there'll be an ICO where they will have a white paper that kind of outlines what they plan to do. And then they start raising funds and they plan to issue these tokens eventually using the funds that they raise. But you're really buying into you have to trust that they will deliver on what their white paper said before you can receive anything. So um, there's a lot of risk involved there because if they don't have anything proven, then you're really just relying on what's written in this white paper and the reputation of the people who wrote it um, to kind of, because they're promising they'll deliver on it. So basically uh, digital tokens, uh, there there are a wide variety of digital tokens and some of them, they can be a like a voucher. They can be used as a voucher where you have one token, for example, and you redeem it for one use of a service. So maybe it's, um, 
like just to just to dumb things way down. Um, if, for example, if um, in Hong Kong we have Food Panda or Delivery or something like that that delivers food, um, and they technically could issue some sort of a Food Panda token, um, and then you could use Food Panda tokens that each one's worth like a hundred Hong Kong dollars or something, and then you could use them in the Food Panda app to to order Food Panda food um, or. Um, and obviously, Food Panda doesn't actually have a token right now. Yeah. Just, I don't want anyone going out there googling, and <laughs> googling where can I get my Food Panda tokens. Um, but who knows? Maybe that'd be a, a, an awesome opportunity for them. Yeah, basically. So that that token represents a voucher for a service that that Food Panda would provide. And um, other other types of tokens offer other things like uh, loyalty points. Um, for example, same same situation. Food Panda has their app. They say every time you order from order something, we'll give you. 10 food panda tokens or something like that. These tokens are put into your, your app, your, your account on the app. And then when you get a hundred of them, you can redeem it for something just like any loyalty program. So, uh, those are some of the, I guess, popular ways that, that, that ICOs are, are structured, but there are also other ways that maybe represent an interest in or ownership of assets. Um, and that's where, that's where regulations can get quite tricky because, um, when you're offering something that could be classified as a security, um, Regulators, they, they want you to operate in a regulated space, understandably, because they want to protect investors. So if you're, if you're promising profit, um, based, based off of an ICO, that, that can be, um, uh, that can be kind of a red flag that this might actually be a security. Um, and, uh, it, you should probably get a legal opinion before investing in that type of a, of a, of an opportunity, I guess. All right. So you're looking at a lot of these, of course, part of what you do. What, what would you say is a breakdown of benefits people are offering? for these ICOs, like how many are like security related? Some are like, so, so the vast majority of these types of programs, uh, at least they either are not securities or they want to not be labeled as securities. So just about everybody wants to say they're not a security. There are a few that they come right out and say, yes, uh, this is a token, but it is a security. And, um, and because of that, they, they try to avoid this type of a classification because, uh, they want, they want to avoid this regulated space. Because if they have to comply with regulators, uh, then, then this can be, <laughs> this can be something that, uh, can be quite a headache for, for projects, especially because, um, many of these new projects are, they're quite young. They're quite, they're startups. They're funding themselves completely with these, uh, with these ICOs. And so if you also have to, um, include a budget for uh, additional legal help, additional um, interactions with the regulators, getting licensed, things like that. Um, it, it can eat into the funds that you were hoping to raise in an ICO. Mm. Um, uh, but yeah, so the majority are not securities. Majority are probably a, a, a membership on a platform or, or these loyalty points are probably the vast majority of them. So when somebody invests in ICO, you're talking about if it's a sec- not a security, then what they could... The value still, even if it's a membership or a utility type type of a yeah. benefit, that still can be pro- profitable, right? You can yeah. still hold those so tokens definitely. and sell those. That's not a security. So, so, uh, so uh, I'm not not a lawyer. Going to go out there and say I'm not a lawyer. And, and if you're looking at something like this, you should find actual real legal advice. Um, but basically, so so my my understanding is that it kind of depends on what the what the project is promising. If the project is promising that you will be the part of the allure of the token is is that you will be getting there will be profits based on it um then the profit itself doesn't have any like in, intrinsic value it's just a it's just a something that they're saying the value will rise and and so then uh then it becomes uh 
then then you need to you need to look to see if it's a security. But in in these types of situations where um, they have a, a use case, they're, they're generally classified as utility tokens. Where this ha- this this token has a utility, I use it in this app, or I use it on this online platform, or um, I can trade it for different things or goods or services. I've seen I've seen different tokens for maybe you can compensate other other people online for use of their computer for like um, cloud computing or or maybe different things like that. So then they just transfer basically I, I need to use part of your computer to store something. So I transfer you some tokens and you and then you make some money off of that because you these tokens are technically money in in that way. In that way you're you're being compensated for for the good that you've provided me. Um, but then yeah when you when you when you introduce these secondary markets uh, the value can change quite a lot. So if these are listed on exchanges and people are able to buy and sell them um well this whole industry is as you said like your friends are talking to you about it it's because there's a lot of hype in the industry and everyone wants to know is this is this token gonna go up a hundred times up a thousand times that kind of thing and so some people if they think it is then they buy they go to buy it and the demand for the token rises and um and the, the markets eventually equal out but but it can the the tokens can rise just based on hype. Someone some big player can say, "Oh yeah, I'm looking at this token," and um, and uh, it can make it can make a lot of people also look at that token. They're like, "Oh, this guy's made a lot of money, and he's looking at this token. Maybe this is something I need to take a look at." And just the hype itself can drive price to go up quite a lot. And then so it seems like you know we're I think we're in this middle section of risks and opportunities and some examples here. So let's let's think about this. Or I'll try to recap. Basically, there's a few different benefits that these startups or platforms or companies or groups of people like. What is an ICO? Is like I guess everybody thinks of IPO, initial public yeah. offering, with stock market, which is a company. Is this a company? Yeah. Generally, they're startup companies. Uh, generally, they have some sort of at least uh, the most legitimate ones are companies. Uh, so, so they have a corporate structure. They are owned by someone. Uh, these are these are these are facts about uh, an entity, or maybe maybe it's based by a, like a nonprofit foundation, something like that. So there is a structure that is managing this ICO, and they're the ones that are d- distributing, issuing, and distributing the tokens. Um, they are run through this type of an entity. So yeah, if you come across some people, they say, yeah, we are a group, and we're issuing a token. Well, when there's no company involved, or when there's no when there's no corporate entity, when there's no official group, they maybe don't even have a, a website. They're, they have, they're not listed anywhere and no one's heard of them. Uh, you have to start questioning where's the legitimacy here and how, how do I know that, that these people are going to be um, actually delivering on what they say they're going to do. Um, and, and in this space, there have been a, num- a large number of scams. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so, yeah, generally they are, they're startups. They're, they're, they're small companies. Um, be- and then they, once they raise funds, they generally grow quite a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, um, they turn into whatever whatever the, their program is trying to turn into their platform. Got it. So then, to recap again, so a company starts wants to raise funds. Mm. So they, you know, IPO is always so hard, so hard to do, and you just got to wait a long time to do an IPO on the Nasdaq, or so it's usually an exit almost, or, or like liquidation almost. Right. Not liquidation is the wrong word, but you know, like a way for the founders to get some money back and to, to go into public markets. But this seems to happen at the beginning now. ICOs seem to happen to start a business. Yeah, especially especially the ones that you're seeing that are they're talking about something before they even have a product. They just have a white paper. 
they have a maybe they have a, a, a snappy website that they, someone threw together. They've got a little video on there with some stick figures or something showing how the funds will go from this person to this person, and it makes money for these people. And um, yeah, the, these types of projects are they're kind of scary because you look at them and you see well, there's no proof that you can deliver on any of this stuff, and you're raising eight hundred million dollars or mm. some some made up number. But yeah, yeah, it's it's very very much earlier on. So would you say there? I mean, we're in Hong Kong. We on the show we've talked about Hong Kong corporate, you know, incorporating Hong Kong, or are these BVIs or these U.S. corporations or these groups or these entities? Like, are they established somewhere? Are these groups of people? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They they generally um, there there's some areas that are deemed more crypto friendly. Um, Hong Kong is a generally crypto friendly place. Um, you'll see you'll see a number of uh, companies that are based here, much friendlier than. Uh, China, for example, as we said, because because ICOs are banned there. I guess if someone comes to you and says, "I represent an ICO coming out of China," well, you've got some more questions you should be asking. Um, but uh, other pla- a lot of a uh, lot of ICOs are coming out of Switzerland, um, even if they're based somewhere else, like in the U.S. Uh, many of them will also set up a foundation or a shell company or something like that that's based in Switzerland because um, of friendly tax laws and also about um there there is a there is a generally crypto friendly um, regulatory. Uh, environment now. Now that's kind of been changing some in this uh, past six months or a year, and uh, and and as as Switzerland as the Swiss government starts to look at that, but they they definitely kind of prefer some of these these tax friendly friendly areas. Now that's not saying that they're all coming out of tax havens, but but they there is a, a skew towards these 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 tax friendly areas with uh, also with um, privacy. Privacy is a big part of this cryptocurrency. There's a reason crypto is in the name is because I kind of uh, in starting up, well, Bitcoin, uh, many of the Bitcoin users were anonymous and uh, many of them still are. And so this anonymity and this um, this privacy about uh, controlling your own data, controlling your own transactions, controlling your own finances is, is very popular in this area. So um, being able to, to base somewhere like Switzerland where um, data privacy laws are they're very different than than uh, than in somewhere like the U.S. or or China, um, and so so people try to base based on the regulatory framework. Make, there. Makes sense. So it doesn't have to be a startup; it could be an established company, yeah. or they could spin off a new company yeah. just for this new ICO to raise funds for this specific type of project or utility. Definitely. So so yeah yeah there are, there are still there are some more established companies that are also looking to do uh to have an ICO and it's really it's just um when you think about it uh it's they identify a pl- platform or a project they want to do or a platform they want to build or, or something like that and they look at the money they have and they look at the money they need to do it and if they need more money then some some of them are considering well maybe I should do an ICO and this you look at if you look at if it fits the model of what you're you're trying to do. Um, maybe does it involve a blockchain? Does it involve this type of decentralization or or this type of um, you you want these types of users using your platform? Well, then then maybe some of these people will look or these companies, even if they're established, can look in an ICO. Yeah, got it. Is there any marketplaces that exist for look finding all aggregating all these or is it just thrown all over the internet or Yeah um so so you can definitely find well I guess the majority of information is thrown all over the internet um, <laughs> and that's that's part of what I do um at, at know your token or kite as I call it so at kite we look at um uh, we look at these we try to 
gather all this information from all around these different forums and um, uh, these different um, announcements because sometimes you'll see that an ICO says something on its website and then it says something different on its Twitter page or its Reddit page or something like that. Um, and so basically trying to compile and conglomerate all this information from all around the internet. But there are definitely lists online of, for example, even ICO-list.com <laughs> is one of them. Uh, basically, just have a long list of different ICOs that are raising money, the dates that they're planning on starting, the dates they're planning on in, uh, ending. I personally, I, I look at CoinSchedule. There's a, a CoinSchedule.com. They have some, they have a pretty comprehensive list of ICOs. Um, but, but even better, they have some great uh, stats about the trends that that have been happening in ICOs, like you can look at the amount of money that was raised in 2016 and the amount of money that was raised in 2017, and hint, uh, it goes up quite a lot. Yeah. Um, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what 2018 holds when uh, people. Some people speculate there's a bubble here. Some people say um, the ICOs are going to have to slow down because regulators are going to catch up. Um, these types of things. So, so, but basically, yeah, that you can find you can find lists of these online. And they kind of tell you about where you can, um, what their names are, and basically some very basic details. Then generally, if you want to find real information about an ICO, you need to go to the uh, the project's website, uh, which is sometimes the company's website. Sometimes they differ. But also um, also uh, Telegram chats, sometimes WhatsApp groups, WeChat groups. Uh, there are a variety of different um, groups where information is kind of compiled and people are asking questions and and uh, you can uh, some of them you join and there are 20,000 people in the yeah, chat or something. I've, I've been in some groups. I just can't keep up. It's just. Yeah, uh, it, it takes a lot of focus to to go there and find what you are looking to find. Otherwise, uh, it can be quite overwhelming. But yeah, yeah, so so I recommend some of those. But but also um, there are exchanges, there are cryptocurrency exchanges that list some of these tokens that have already completed their ICOs, and um, that way, um, for example, if the if the ICO has raised money and I don't know, for example, I'm looking at ICOList.com and the the top one on here is Connect Job, and I've never heard of this ICO. Um, as I was saying earlier, one of the most interesting things about this space is uh, is that no matter how many ICOs you look at, there are always more. I, like I I literally do this full time, and no matter like every day, every other day, someone comes up to me and says, "Hey, have you heard of?" connect job the ico and i say no i, I haven't um because there's always more that no matter how many i look at there seem to be new ones but anyway so say connect job finishes their ico they have their tokens they've distributed them they're on a blockchain somewhere then sometimes they'll partner with a with an exchange or the exchange will pick them up and they can sell you can buy or sell the tokens on that exchange um and that's kind of um how some of some people who buy into an ICO kind of sell to hope to get a profit or other people who miss the ICO still want to participate in this platform so they can go there and pick up tokens there. Um, so really, yeah, I guess the main places to look are all over the internet in general, uh, these listing sites that are, uh, that are compiling these lists of ICOs and then also the, these, these exchanges themselves. Okay, great. This is uh, this has been a good one, Alice. Thank you so much for sharing. I know you had some speculation. Like, talk about the China, Asia. I mean, I think we're in a good spot. I mean, Hong Kong seems like a good spot. Asia seems like a good spot. Do you think, or or what? Are you, what are you thinking about? So yeah, you know, for where we're at now. Yeah, Hong Kong is a pretty crypto friendly area. Um, there's definitely a thriving community. There are a number of. Um, like crypto startup spaces, uh, uh, you can talk, uh, there are a lot of Bitcoin, uh, associations very active here. 
Uh, they're really great. Then um, even the fintech association is also looking into this ICO space. But yeah, just looking at, um, for example, there's a place called the Genesis Block. They just opened up in Wan Chai, um, and it's a uh, it's like a co-working space that's um, it's uh, geared towards crypto crypto startups or ICOs or different things like that. And they have a bunch of cryptocurrency ATMs there. So if you have no, if you're based in Hong Kong and you have never bought any Bitcoin or Ethereum or anything like that, that's a, that's a good place to go. Funny story. I was like getting laughed at buying Bitcoin at a Bitcoin ATM with Robert, Robert Lambs. Yeah. Yeah. And people thought I was crazy. I was like sticking in Hong Kong dollars in like 2014 or something <laughs> to buy it at a, it was in a deli shop in a basement along Kwai Fong or something. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Things have become, uh, slightly more accepted now uh with the genesis block operating on the on the ground level of uh, nice. <laughs> of uh of their nice. of their buildings or i guess first floor i don't know but um but anyway um but yeah there's a lot of uh this there is a thriving community here and i think um so yeah as i said right now icos are banned in china but i think a lot of people are talking and uh it looks that the the ban there is going to be temporary okay um it, Sure, I guess technically it might not be, but but it definitely looks like it's going to be a temporary ban, which um, is really kind of interesting when you think about kind of the regulatory environment in Hong Kong and how it, it interacts with the regulatory environment in China. And um, seeing a lot of people, a lot of people say China banned ICO so that they could kind of develop regulation, take the time to develop regulations, to develop um, their own blockchain structures, these types of things to kind of uh, um, have well, as as many people say, like there there's some good ideas outside of China and good 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 ideas inside of China, but they don't always line up. For example, for example yeah, you can kind of, you can Uber a car in in the U.S. Yeah, and you it's can a separate world. China has always been its own world, and they they want to be, I think, their own little world. Yeah, yeah, and you uh, yeah you can Uber a car, and then you can DD a car, and uh, whatever it is, you're still getting a car. It's this very similar service. Um, but so, so people are, a lot of people are speculating that that's kind of why, um, China, uh, issued these regulations so they can kind of take, take a step back and look at things. And, um, if, if that, if that regulatory environment or basically if China opens up to ICOs, then that's a lot of, that's a lot of new, um, there's, there's definitely interest. Uh, there are whispers of it, of it in China and, um, um, and, people talking about it. And so there's definitely interest in these, these different forms of fundraising. And, um, if China is suddenly um, a, a place where, where that can be available, if, if, if this type of fundraising is available to Chinese people as well, um, this, uh, Chinese citizens as well, this, um, this, it, it really could, could change kind of how, uh, how ICOs look in general. Mm. Um, basically, um, the numbers that I was saying about on coin schedule, they, they might get much larger when, uh, when you add in a few more billion people true, who, are, who, who could participate in it. It's, it's been, it's been nuts. I mean, I've seen it where they're like fiending. I, I remember we, I sold on, uh, well, actually it was my wife that sold. I sent it to her in China, BTC, China. We sold our coins on before we got closed or shut down or whatever happened to. Well, most of them are lying dormant. I'm, I'm not sure exactly the st- status of all of them, but. But yeah, people were going nuts trying to buy Bitcoin. Yeah. And I remember I, in China TV, they have uh, the Bitcoin logo and then they have like a warning sign yeah. on uh, public TV. Yeah. This is like 2013, 2014. Yeah. They were like warning people. <laughs> so it's it's true. I think they'll have QQ. Uh, well, I mean, even WeChat is kind of uh, online money. Well, it's connected to RMB, <laughs> but they'll have their own version for sure. Definitely. So 
I don't want to, I know you got a lot of research to do and thanks so much for your time, Alice. How can people learn more about what you, you are doing? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I have a website right now. It's uh, knowyourtoken.com. Everyone is welcome to uh, email me if, if they have any further questions, uh, Ellis, E-L-L-I-S at knowyourtoken.com. Nice. And uh, so that that's easy enough to shoot me an email if you have any questions. I'm always happy to help. Uh, um, part a big part of what we're trying to do is is keep investors safe and it mostly um, keep investors intelligent you know um, mm. so if, if anyone is is interested in the space um, we're always happy to try and um, help help you get more information help you make a smart decision and kind of avoid some of the the risks that are associated with uh, with this space great yeah we need you thanks thanks for so much and uh, thanks for sharing I'm sure it's helped people even got me some new ideas and more understanding of this growing industry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm happy to be here. Thanks a lot. Cheers. So what do you guys think? Thank you so much, Alice, for sharing with us and getting things rolling in our little global from Asia community world here. I hope you guys appreciated that. I, it's a little bit different, but I don't think it's so different. Some of my friends say, Hey, all these Amazon guys are getting into ICOs now and, I think that's what you guys are doing. You know, we're, we're on the cutting edge of innovation and technology. You know, we're, we're, you know, by listening to this podcast, you're actively learning and trying to enrich your life and have a different life than, than others. So we need to pay attention to these things happening. And I hope you're, uh, learning, but also not rushing in. I think we should understand it more as well. So please let me know what you think. Are you, uh, Bitcoin millionaire, are you uh, rolling in the dough, raising money? We're actually talking to some more potential guests about coming on to share about their ICOs, some interesting things, some millionaires being made as we speak. And we got to decide what we want with our life. I don't think we should just run from opportunity to opportunity either. We got to be cautious and careful of what's happening. And it takes years to build up the network and knowledge, but it's about community, right? I've, I've said this on my vlogs a lot. So I wonder what you guys are, are doing. I'd love to hear from you, Mike, at com for ideas. Should we do more ICO talks, Bitcoin talks? We've even had Larry way back in the day talk about it four years ago on the show. And now it's evolving. But we're all about going global from Asia. Thanks again for listening. And always, always show notes, globalfromasia.com slash episode 209. Take care. To get more info about running an international business, please visit our website at www.globalfromasia.com. That's www.globalfromasia.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to our iTunes feed. Thanks for tuning in.